So welcome to Create Talks. Jake Hamilton is here. Give it up for Jake. Woo! If Hello, you everyone. know him, you will fall in love with him, worship leader, and he does so many different things. I can't even tell you all that he does. It's crazy. Amazing man. Uh, and just a shout out, we'll, we, we will be doing a, a creative conference. It's called Create Without Walls. April the 23rd, the 24th, and Jake will be speaking along with a host of others. We'll have 20 different workshops for you to choose from, all recorded online. So go to TeresaDedman.com, register now, and you're going to get rocked because I, I just can't even believe the creative geniuses that masterclass is about what God can do if you just look out and you see people running and you go, oh, I could do that. Yeah, I could I could bring um, creativity to kids or or wait a second, I could become a world class artist like Simon Bull or hey, check it out. Jen Miskoff has writing in the glory. She she's going to be speaking. Oh, there's so many different people that you're going to love. So check it out and register. But uh, Jake, we're, we're talking today about um, a creative renaissance and that it's here. It's not like, like coming. We always go revival. Well, it's come. No, it's here. And, uh, and so we're going to dive right into that with some good questions for you. Uh, the Holy Spirit, we know, wants, wants a renaissance, which means rebirth. And we know that that's through his presence that to change the world. I mean, we know about what's happening in Europe. We're just talking about Europe and all the problems they are having because of COVID. And, okay, what do people do in that, in that time? Well, there's Zoom. There's creative conferences. There's things that they can do. But but it also is something that causes you to birth something new when you're in pressure. So what kind of momentum are you sensing in your own sphere from a, a renaissance that's coming? Well, I mean, I think what's awesome is, first of all, it's awesome to be with everyone. Whoever's here, stoked you're here. Great to be with you again, Teresa. I love it. Thank you for inviting me and like letting me talk crazy with you for a while. Absolutely. Um, I love it. <laughs> I, um, I, I love Renaissance. I love Renaissance. I think three words that go together always for me, two of them I have tattooed on my arms, revival and reformation. Um, and really what we have to recognize is historically when we say something like Renaissance, there is a literal hor uh, historical connection that has to be made because people are using the word revival, people are using the word reformation, people are using the word renaissance, and it's just all over the map. And I think like we're never necessarily going to all have to agree on this stuff. But for me, I like renaissance is the beginning of reformation which leads to revival like historically that's actually how it took place so renaissance came out of the middle ages because a bunch of people were disappointed in the religious systems and the governmental structures of the day so i don't know if that sounds like anything familiar uh, but people hello, were everybody. and p.s the very first thing that happens at the beginning of the renaissance is a pandemic, just FYI. So in the early 1500s, we, we are in a 14th century, we have like a pandemic that essentially becomes the catalytic moment for a renaissance. Like people begin to start thinking outside of the religious systems they knew. They start thinking outside of the religious structures that they've been, or the, uh, the governmental structures that have held them down or oppressed them for years and years. And they began to think outside of those boxes. And when we start to think outside of those boxes, the first thing that happens is, I mean, this is to me, you're talking about Zoom and the internet and things like that. I'm like, dude, 
we got to remember that before the Reformation, God gave us technology called the printing press, and the Reformation with Luther wouldn't have sparked so widely if the printing press wasn't invented first. So we have innovators and inventors that are being sparked right now. I mean, it was a 67-year, 70-year gap between the printing press and Martin Luther's 95 theses on the doors at Wittenberg. Okay, and we're only 40 years into the internet. I think that we haven't learned how to use our new printing press yet, which is why we're still using it for all these kind of dysfunctional things, because we're still figuring out how to utilize our new printing press to do something brand new in the middle of this renaissance that's begun. Because what happened is then we have reformation and then fast forward a couple hundred years and we have the first great awakening. But in the first great awakening, they're using tools that they got from the Renaissance because in the Middle Ages, they didn't have access to those things. So I just 100% agree with you. I would finish my rambling with saying one of the major things that we're going to need is a Copernicum revolution. Like Copernicus was a massive part of what we got out of that Renaissance thinking, out of that scientific revolution, where I think all of us need to remember, you're not the center of the universe. And in 1543, when that was written, it wasn't published until, or I think it was a little earlier, somewhere in there, middle of the 1500s, they, he wrote this book, published it, but in 1660, the church banned it and wanted them all burnt. So it's like, we're dealing with stuff right now that's going to affect the way we do church and community and art and government. But that Copernicum revolution that's coming, that says, hey, wake up, you're not the center of the universe anymore. Things have changed. It really has. Uh, and again, we are open for questions. So if you have any questions to ask Jake, we're going to answer that at the very end. So just pepper that thing with, with questions right now. But I, I love what you're saying, because per, first of all, we have to realize like history repeats itself. And what you're talking about is the revolution that happened with the internet was again, worldwide, it wasn't just in one little corner of the world, but it was worldwide. This pandemic is worldwide and it's opening us up to different things. I remember Jake, like before the pandemic hit, I was so involved in teaching classes at Bethel and VSSM and so involved in that, in that whole wheelhouse. And when the pandemic happened, I'm going, oh, guess I'm not gonna be traveling. Guess I'm not gonna be doing this. And, I, I just began to realize what Facebook, what Zoom, what so many other platforms could offer. And it just opened up a whole other platform that we have been in the, in the dark, literally in the dark about. And that's yeah. just the beginning of what God's gonna do. Well, yeah, because for me, I think a lot of people right now, they're just regurgitating other people's information. I know some insanely creative people who are just reposting other people's bits of information. And I'm like, well, why would you do that when you're so creative and you have such insight and you carry wisdom and you carry perspective? Why wouldn't you just take, if the information has impacted you, just unpack that on the platforms he's given you in a creative way that speaks to the people that God has given you influence with. Don't just regurgitate or repost. That's to me, I'm sorry if that offends anyone. It just is, it's just the dumbed down version of being able, I really think this is important. Well, if you did take it in, just disseminate it with inside of your inside yourself and then give back your heart position or your perspective on these things. 
I think that's the most beautiful thing we can do with something like a printing press. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I, I love what you're saying because like, um, I'm putting together a e-course called Create Without Walls. And in that, I'm helping people to understand the boxes that they put themselves in right. as far as just witnessing. It's like, I mean, and you, I mean, let's, let's face it. A track is not going to save person. I, I mean, it's like, and, and so I was Googling, you know, creativity and evangelism and they said, oh, there's this super, like, we went to the store and, and on it, they had a Bible verse. What a creative way to reach out to people. <laughs> what the heck, what, what are you even thinking? Like you have a mouth, you have creative ways of reaching people, but it's this thing that we have of what you're talking about is like, I can't do anything in the original because I'm not perfect enough versus God made me an original. And if I don't share what God has given me, then there's a part of God that won't be shared. And it's just this huge, I think that will be a huge shift in the next coming reformation is people starting to realize don't right. copy other people get in your lane and remember that it was literally because the renaissance was a mind shift that said it and we have to just make sure it's very clear that like this is super offensive stuff when you step outside of the boxes and the structures that have worked pe for people for generations and you go, I'm going to try something completely different. First of all, it offends your own mind, let alone offends the people that are around you. Cause they're like, no, 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 no. That's not the way we do it. And the Renaissance was like people going, you know what? That's let me down. I've been hurt by that. That hasn't given the fruit that it said it was going to give. You know what? I'm going to try a few things. And they started trying stuff. Half of it didn't work. I get that. But if you're afraid of failure, you'll never do anything amazing. And if you're afraid of how many likes you'll get on Instagram, well, I didn't get enough likes. I didn't get enough comments. Well, then it's a waste of time anyway, because I'm not doing it. If you're doing it because you need approval, that's different than doing it because you can't do anything else. That's when you know you've met an artist, like for yeah. me. If yeah. you, you've met an artist when someone is like, I can't help but do this. I must do this. I have to do this or I will die. <laughs> it's like, that's an artist. That is a creative, right? That's an innovator. That's an inventor. They have to do it and they don't care if someone likes it. And that's true renaissance. That's a renaissance age when that's the mindset of culture itself goes, ah, forget it. Let's just try some stuff because nothing else is working or it's let us down. Exactly. And in that, in that process, you find out what you're born to do. You can't find out what you've been born to do unless you've, unless you're being, you're going to risk to fail. You can't, it's like, that's just part of the equation. And a lot of people get it wrong. They think, oh, well, I have to be perfect. Then I can go out. No, it has right. nothing to do with being perfect. It has to do with rest. God rewards risk, not success. Right hands down okay this is so much fun i'm having so much fun with you next question what are the key ingredients to releasing god's creative strategies that believers need to know about now what are the tell me about the key ingredients um for me i think it lands on two things so the first being that that god's strategies are always relational so whenever he's doing something it's always interconnected okay so there's there's uh, independent, which means I don't need anybody. There's codependent, which means I'm only okay if you're okay. And you'll know you're codependent, P.S., if, if, um, 
if someone tells you like you like something and someone tells you they don't like it and now you're like do i really like that anymore that's codependency okay then there's dependent which means i literally can't survive without you i actually like you know i can't do this and then there's interdependence which is like a dance so the cool part about god is he always does things in this interdependent relationship he wants to dance with us and when he invites us into something he always does it for the sake of relationship look at genesis 1 you know god's says to Adam, it's not good for him to be alone, but he wasn't alone. Who was he with? God. So yeah. God himself describes Adam by being with God fully available and says, it's not good for him to be alone. This is how loneliness is defined by, by this interaction in Genesis one, to have something of God in you and no one to share it with. That's loneliness. And so for like a lot of artists feel totally alone because really they don't need the pat on the back as much as they just need someone to listen, to see, to experience. And I think that's what God created us for. And so the first key ingredient for me of all the strategies that God's releasing on the planet, because especially because the pandemic is trying to keep us apart. You know what I mean? Stuff is trying to, there's stuff at play trying to keep us apart. You know, then the strategy of God obviously is to become interdependent, to learn how to dance so that we can share, collaborate, critique and encourage one another. That's a massive ingredient. Remember relationship. You'll never be as good as you are without a team. And the second thing I would say in that is the second strategy is authenticity, which is always my default. Like it takes a lot of life to learn to be authentic. And so you have to fail a ton to get to a place where you can literally say, this is actually like who I am. And I, the reason I say community first or relationship first is because that, that dance is where you learn to be authentic. Because you yeah. learn what kind of music you like, you learn what kind of poetry you like, you learn what kind of you know mediums you want to explore by being around and exposed to relational community based on what you already have in your hands. So relationship authenticity is to me the strategy of heaven for creatives from the ground up. And if you guys, if you don't have that, you need to find it. Like um, you know, join my create academy or come to the creative conference you're going to find so many others that are creative but what jake is is saying is genius because i find that so many people are just alone in their homes and they're creating and they don't have any input they don't have any life because they're not sharing what they're creating and once you share it and you get validation or you get a critique you can grow and so we just want to release you into that those are so key i really agree with you and i feel too in the midst of that like if you don't know. A lot of people don't know what they're missing until they have community. I, I can't tell you. Absolutely. My gosh, when and just in just in what I do here in, at Bethel and the and my community here, it's like people are able to make mistakes, are able to grow, and they're able to like really find out who they are. And they go, I've never had this before. I've never known that yeah. there was a safe community. And when you have that, you don't want to ever leave it. So that's yeah. super important. It's like so powerful. Yeah. I love what you said about team. It's so true. It's like, we're, we're not as strong unless we have a team. And that's just super important for everything that we do in life. So, and again, um, a team isn't like 20. I mean, some people it's exactly. like, I got a couple homies and I show them my stuff. Like we don't need, we don't need like this big massive structure. Like don't get lost in the 
the details of trying to figure out how to organize it, especially a lot of creatives, that's probably not where your strength lies anyway. What you really need is a couple people who can critique, validate, speak into you. Because I, I promise you this, you will get to the greatest stuff you will ever create when you are around of a handful of people or a couple people who truly see you for who you are. When they see you for who you really are and you make a mistake or you do something that just isn't, it's not the best you could do, it's not great. And they go, hey, that's not great. And you go, oh, that breath, get, you know, that first initial like, oh my God, I'm gonna die. You know, and every creative is like crumbling and like into a ball. And then they go, but we see what you're trying to do and we love it. Let's, can we talk about it? Let's talk some more. Let's figure out what else is out there to explore. Oh, dude, you'll be unstoppable because then you'll try stuff you never tried because you exactly. know you'll still have connection. And it's, and it's so powerful too, to, to find things that you like, like to find styles that you like and try them out for yourself, like figure out what you really love and go after that. And, and then find your homies, those one that, those ones that can share the journey, but also help you in the critiquing part and in the positive feedback part. Um, huge. huge. Okay. Next question. It's interesting. If we look at Exodus 31, we hear mm -hmm. about Bezalel who's being filled with the Holy Spirit. And again, he also has a company of people, which is what we just talked about in community that were also filled, but it wasn't just one type of craft. He, they did everything. And, and there are so many times, a lot of us have these like ideas. Well, if I have to be an artist, all I do is art. If I have to be a musician, all I do is music. Yep. And, and yet scientifically what they found in psychologically that the people that are more diverse in their creativity are better at what they do. And, Absolutely. and I know that this is in your, your wheelhouse. You have many different creative uh, <laughs> streams that you have. Yeah. So uh, how can believers steward multiple creative gifts? Um, there is a lot to unpack even in that, what you just said, because there's like so many pieces there because I didn't, again, I go back to the fact I didn't choose this world. This world chose me. Like, you know, I mean, this creative path that I happen to be on, I'm not forcing it. This thing is just if you and, and I'm saying that because I'm I'm trying to let you you guys know that you have to remain super open if you want to continue to take in multiple streams and continue learning. I think so many people have stopped learning. They don't, yeah. they're not exposed to very much. You know what I mean? And look at, even in that passage, which I had never noticed before, I just went back and looked at it because I hadn't read it in a long time. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I remember that passage. That's right. They were building the tent. They got to do the stuff and put all the instruments in there. Do you know that that second dude, I don't even know how to pronounce Oli or Olier or something. He was from the oh, yeah. tribe of Dan who ends up becoming the idolaters. So he was in the tent learning how to build the stuff, but instead of like the tribe of Judah making it about him, he took that information and learned how to make it about himself. He taught an wow. entire tribe how to make their art about them instead wow. of about him. And the point is, I guess, in saying that connected to what we're going after is there are so many ways that we can explore God, who he is and hear from him, that the moment like we've limited ourselves to this is how it works, or this is what I know, 
we're jacked from the very get-go because you are more capable than you actually give yourself credit for. So if you don't paint, try painting. If you don't sing, try singing. If you don't play an instrument, go bang on something. Like don't buy a $3,000 guitar, but man, try stuff or read a book on something, get some poetry, get some external influences into your life. Because for me, I mean, I'll give you the narrative version, two second version is, I drew from the time I was a kid, I would doodle and draw on stuff. I drew my first comic book when I was seven or eight. You know what I mean? Like I just like knew that this is, I'm going to do art and I'm going to work for Disney, which we talked about last time and all this stuff. Well, now 15 years old, my brother's playing at a, a T-ball or a, a little league game. And I'm sitting there with my notebook, just drawing, you know, just drawing, doodling, doodling. This guy comes up to me. He says, if you can draw, you can airbrush. And if you can airbrush, you can make money. And I was like, I'm in. So long story short, I go work in his garage for six months. I start my own business. Then I go from that business to realizing I can paint. I don't need to just airbrush on soccer banners and t-ball banners. I could actually paint murals. So then I move from that to murals, murals to homes, homes to design, design to uh, you know, branding and marketing. I mean, you just follow the path. And the more you keep yourself open and teachable, you can just start following the little rabbit trails instead of going, no, this is what I do. This is how I do it. Well, who cares? Like, you know what I mean? Like really some of the best artists I know are the ones who are influenced by mediums that they don't even participate in. Exactly. You know, I love it. I, I mean, I think it's so powerful because we, it's all about, again, this is breaking outside the box, which is what our conference is all about. It's like part, part of what's happening right now, a lot of you, and please questions too, make sure you give us some questions for Jake. But um, part of it is that we have a certain mindset of what greatness is. We have a certain mindset of what, what it really means to be famous or whatever. But in God's economy, that has to be completely broken down because it's whatever God gives you at that moment. It's those loaves and fish and being a steward of that and seeing God grow that and being thankful for that, that increases everything that we do. And I just think that people that are listening have gotten in these ruts. I saw these ruts that they were in of thinking, well, if, if only somebody would like um, publish my book, if only I got this and they're looking for out, outward ways that somehow their work would be validated when God says go out there and find the people go out there and do what you love and God will bring you the increase he will give you the ideas and the people that will help you steward those dreams um yeah it's so powerful I I couldn't agree with you more I I think that when I you know I'm just my book my art and poetry book is just coming out it should be at my house today thank you Jesus um but in it like I took a I took a curb and went into poetry because it's always been in my blood, like what you talked about. And not to like invest in that, it's like not to invest in who I am. And, and that's what people have to realize is that little itch that you have, it's from God. Don't question it, go after it. I love it. I, yeah, and to me, you, you mentioned it. It's like, we to me, the key of unlocking that is just simple faithfulness. 
This is like really, really simple stuff. But the problem is faithfulness doesn't produce much fruit at the beginning. Like you have to steward a seed. You have to steward a little sprout. You have to care for that stuff. And the culture, like you said, that we live in that's steeped in Christian celebrity is never, ever going to produce the type of fruit that you that is actually going to satisfy. To me, I take it really far. I want to absolutely kill and destroy any type of Christian celebrity celebrity that exists because it's done so much damage to really good artists who are convinced because they don't fit into that box that they're not any good. I'm like, dude, you're one of the best singers I've ever heard. And just because you don't sing songs that fit into a Sunday morning, you're convinced that you're not that great. And I'm like, that is insanity to me. And I feel like the best way we do that is not through dramatic statements, not through like big social media posts. We do it with handfuls of people who remain faithful with the stuff they've been given. And when they remain faithful and we remain faithful, we'll end up with more long-term. Again, it's fishes and loaves. When they go and hand out what they have, they come back with more than they could ever eat. And I think that is the goal for artists. Just use what you have in your hands. What do you have? You have a computer, good, start recording. You have, you wanna do a movie, great. You have an iPhone, awesome, start doing it. Like don't wait till you have the camera, the money, the backing, the applause, the stuff. Just do the stuff with what you have and watch the fishes and loaves multiply. Exactly. Okay, that was a good preach, Jake. We just released that word. Guys, if that's for you, realize that don't, don't act like the church has to validate you. Don't act like other people have to validate you. This is your jam. I mean, how many people have really grown because they've just posted a, a, a blog on YouTube? I mean, we, we could just go on and on about how God, God will promote you at the right time. But it's this faithfulness that's the most important thing and not looking to man to, for approval. Yep. So that, that'll preach, man. Okay, let's go on to question four. I know that impartation is a huge part of your journey, my journey. Uh, why is it important to gather with other creatives to learn and receive an impartation? I think a lot of people don't realize that. they. And again, it's part of this thing of, of Exodus 31 as well. It's like, why, why did God use them collectively? Because they were rubbing shoulders. They were in community. But why is that so important? I learned, I, we started gardening last year, <laughs> you know, everybody has a COVID garden and we had a few uh, uh, fruit trees in our backyard and I really loved cherries. And I was like, we have like this small cherry tree and I thought it was dead, but it started to bloom. And then all of a sudden these really pretty flowers started popping up on it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really beautiful, but it didn't bear much fruit at all. I mean, it, I think I got like 20 cherries on it. And I was like, what in the world is going on? And the tree looked weird. So, you know, I did what I do. I took a picture, you know, of it. And I went down to the garden store and was like, this is a problem. <laughs> What's yeah. wrong with my tree? It only bore like 20, 20 cherries. And he said, oh, what you're missing is a cross pollinator. What you need is cross pollination if you want your tree to bear more fruit. You need a different kind of cherry tree is what you need, or you need to buy a cherry tree. So then I ended up getting an apple tree out of it, but the apple tree has four different types of cross-pollinating apples on one tree so wow. that the whole tree, all types of fruit will bear more fruit through the cross-pollination. And to me, that was the greatest symbol of impartation I'd ever heard. I was like, 
I'm gonna go home and cry for a little bit. Thank you, Mr. Gardner, you know? And so I just went home and I was like, this has to be God because we need to be in the environment. We need to be in the space. We need to be with people who think differently, act differently, look differently, have different backgrounds, use different language than we use, have different perspectives on stuff that even we do so that we can learn and grow and bear more fruit. And that's been a massive part of my journey, you know, like yeah. a, a massive part. Me too. I'm, I'm with you there. It, it is so true. And what's interesting is this is the very thing that the enemy is trying to steal from the body of Christ right now. And from people around the world is uh, they're afraid of people that are different. They're, there's so much like suspicion. There's so much, yep. what I would consider like things that are coming against people being in community that you got to say, Hey, if, if, if this is important to God, look at what the enemy is trying to do. And, and that part is so amazing because it, it's, it's amazing when you look at even the children of Israel and how they tracked and how they learned from the different tribes, the different people that they were with and, and how God always orchestrated that for us to, to learn from one another. Yeah. And so I feel like that's such an important key. So guys, like really allow other, other streams in learn from other people, learn from other types of creatives, learn from different types of streams and you're going to grow. And I love the analogy of the apple tree. i got to taste your apples. <laughs> I mean, that would be so cool. Come on. That is well, so cool. And it's crazy because honestly, all in part means is to share. So all we're, all we're doing is coming and remaining humble, teachable. I know I remember, I think it was Mike Bickle years and years ago. He said, he said, I promise you the person that offends you the most is carrying your greatest breakthroughs. And I was like, I literally hate you. you know? Because <laughs> immediately when we hear stuff like that, you're like, I actually know who those people are. And I try to, I'm not mad, but I just try to spend as little time as I can, you know? And I'm going like, I literally came back from hearing that. And I just set up meetings because I was like, okay. Help. Like, what do you see in my life? You know what I mean? And let people that offend me or trigger me start speaking in. Obviously, we have boundaries. We do all that stuff. Please don't hear me run. Don't run into the fire. But what I'm saying is, is like, oh, this style. I don't like this style. Well, yeah. What if you learned more about that style? Yeah. Well, I don't like that kind of painting. I don't like that kind of sculpt. I don't like that kind of dance. I don't like that kind of music. I don't like that kind of poetry. I think you're cursing yourself a little bit because there might be something in that style that you just don't understand yet. And if you just understood a little bit more, you might learn something, you know? So good. And you might understand the variety of the beauty of how God created so many diverse things. That's, yeah. that's really good. So one secret we want you to share is what do you do to become more inspired as an artist? What do you do, Jake? Oh God. Um, I, I really had to think about this one because for me, <laughs> um, so inspiration means to breathe in. Like that's what the, the root word is to breathe in, you know, like that's why we like, were you inspired by the Holy Spirit? It was very, it was a very theological statement for a very long time, you know, and it took on these beautiful words. And for me, um, I, the phrase that I came up with is I was like, man, when we make ourselves ripe for invasion, like we're ready to be inspired. 
Because the problem is, I think we've limited ourselves to what we're inspired by. These things are unholy. This is secular. I wish we would stop calling things secular because there's nothing secular. Like just FYI, the devil didn't create any music. He's not creative. He's only, he only can kill, steal, and destroy, which means he cannot create. He's not a creator. He's a perverter and a distorter. And so we can't just write certain things. Well, that style of music, that's a secular style. Well, no, I think what happened is God gave it to the body of Christ. They didn't know what to do with it. So the devil got to put his lyrics on it. That's all I, yeah. and so I'm going like, there's space for us to begin to explore within reason, within your own boundaries. You know what I mean? If something's going to make you stumble, please don't listen to it or look at it or read it. But what I'm saying is we end up going, if we're only looking at things labeled Christian to be inspired, I promise you, you won't be inspired. Because anything that's taken on the label of like, that's Christian art, that's a Christian business, that's a Christian whatever. And I would take it really far because I'm Jake and so I take everything too far. But I'd be like, really, there actually, there is nothing, there's no such thing as Christian music, Christian art, a Christian business or any of those things. Because a business can't, only people can be Christian. So is it run by Christian people? Awesome. The Christian business part or the Christian art will be about the fruit on the other side. So for me, I'm trying to learn from everything that I can. And I am always open. Like my receptors are up like this. You want to know how I stay inspired? Ears, spirit, mind, fully open at all times to take in from wherever I'm at. And Nikki, can, my wife can attest to this. We'll walk through some place and I'll be like, I'm going to need a minute. You know, like, I'm like, what's happening to you? I just saw this thing and that color or that shape or that sound or that picture or that. She's like, what is going on? I'm like, I just can't help it. I'm so moved by it. And I like, I just walk through life. I've trained myself for years to just be like, okay, what's going on? What's happening in this space, in this environment, you know? And everything becomes an inspiration to me for what I might partake in or participate with God in. And it's, it's being moved by the presence. It's also being moved by what your call is and moved by what, what it is that like it's, it's supposed to be there. I mean, there's something so important. What you're talking about so important is like, God doesn't want to shut our ears, but he wants to show us what he's really saying. And to do that, we have to be open to what he's saying. And I think that's such an important point too. Also, it's important to realize like so many times we're we're in places where we're looking for him only through the word. Okay, if I got, or we're looking for him only for a certain way. But what you're talking about is like, I've been so inspired by just a sunset or just simple things that that music or whatever, or a great movie. And all of a sudden it, it like, it touches you deeply and you have to like allow the Holy Spirit to touch you in a way that that where he's being active. I think being active is super important in our relationship with him versus saying, well, I only talk to God in church. No, he, he's not that kind of a God. He he doesn't want just that kind of relationship. So, right. And I'm, I, I mean, I've been married for 20 years and I'm constantly looking for new ways to tell my wife, I love her. Like I'm, I'm, I know there's certain things she likes, but yeah. I'm looking for new ways to explore and to, I'm, when I'm looking at the world or I'm gone or I'm like, you know, listening to something, I'm going, man, would Nikki like this? I, yeah. wow, this oh, oh, dude, I, I tasted this or I saw this. Nikki would love that. And I'm, man, if we keep our receptors open, if we keep our, our spirits 
open? How much could God talk to us? Like how much more would not, and I don't want it to come off like he's a chatterbox. Cause I think sometimes when we say things like that, people have a really hard time. It's like, but I can't hear the voice. No, no, no. Like I think we talked about this last time. It's like, no, the voice is when you're moved. Like Christ is in you, the hope of glory. He's in you, around you, through you. And your body can begin to resonate with certain things. I don't think we trust our bodies very much, which is a whole other conversation. But I'm like, man, pay attention. When you got a pain somewhere, you get, you just get a little bit like, wow, I just loosened. I just walked into this space and I loosened up a little. What is this about this space? Or, oh, my heart left, you know? Oh, my mind, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if we keep our spirits open, I feel like you have to know, like, you're not going to get demonized. You're going to be just fine. God is so much bigger than that. You're going to be okay. Like, let's start to explore where our bodies and our hearts and our minds would take us when influenced by the Holy Spirit. What could we take in? And therefore, what could we create or innovate? Because it's limitless with God. Limitless. It totally is. It's like he has so much for us uh, beyond what we could ever ask or imagine. And so it's like coming into that is so powerful. I'm going to see, Faith, do we have any questions for for, uh, Jake? Okay, so this is a question. I'm combining two questions related to inspiration. Um, It's by Kathleen Barnard and Kent Treschel. She says, are you suggesting that incorporating scripture into our art or poetry is just not it anymore? Um, I'm not sure. I know that personally, I've been deeply impacted by songs, hymns, worship, music that have incorporated the word into it, and not everything old is obsolete. A follow-up to that is, how do you create out of um, the secret place or out of scripture in a new way? I love that. I We're not throwing out the old. I think I mentioned this last time, that there's a beautiful picture in Second Chronicles where David sets up the tabernacle on Zion. And we have basically, you have a tabernacle on Zion and you have a tabernacle on Gibeon. So you have like the old tabernacle and the new tabernacle coexisting on two different hills at one time. And David doesn't say, hey, let's go burn down Gibeon. What he says is Zadok priesthood, you're going to go to that tabernacle, use the instruments as was required daily by God. And it's going to be an authentic expression of who you are. While we're doing this, you're going to do this. And my point is, is that as long as it's coming from an authentic place, incorporate tons of scripture, incorporate tons of old hymns, like get old art or old, like, dude, I don't care. Get a felt board, like use felt board, Jesus. I mean, I, dude, who cares? Use yeah. all the old stuff. Use, I love it all. Like to me, I'm like, no, 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 no. As long as we're not just stuck in a, like, like Teresa said, stuck in a rut because it's all we know. So if it's all we know and we're only operating out of what we've experienced and we're not allowing ourselves to be exposed to anything else, that's the only reason I would question it. But dude, I love it. I love songs that include scripture, art that includes scripture, poetry that includes scripture, totally. And I would say the secret place to me, the to the finish up question of that, the secret place stuff is like, I need to, like, I would say it this way. I create, I probably a, I would say maybe a chorus a day for years and years of my life. I have thousands and thousands of songs that no one will ever hear, but I'll tell you who knows all of them, God. My dad knows all those songs and he likes every single one of them <laughs> in my failed attempts. And what I would say is I'm creating a secret place by continuing to do what I do without sharing a lot of those things with the world and scripture and my 
experience and my testimony all flow from that space of creating a dialogue and an inner experience with God that loads of people will never, ever see or share in. And so from that place, that's where that all comes from. I hope that answers the question. Wow. That was great. That was so great. It, and just to piggyback on that too, it's important to know, like I always look at whenever I create, I'm looking at, well, who's my audience is if my audience is for me, you know, that the whole playing field is huge. Right. Like, let's say like I'm going to speak at and going to do something creative at a new age festival or someplace where um, there's a broader audience. I would, I would change a little bit of my wording because yeah. I want them to be able to relate to it because they're not going to know what second Chronicles 517 is, whatever. And so I think that's part of it too, is what, who is your audience? Because that okay. will help you to understand. So if you're just getting fed, go for it. If you're helping other Christians get fed, go for it, but figure that out because Paul was able to, he was able to talk to the, um, to, to all of Athens. He goes, Hey, I know the unknown God. I know who this unknown God is. So we understood culture and then he related it to God. And so part of that is when you have creativity and you relate it in a way that's relevant to the, to the person who's listening or, or watching, then they go, oh, that's interesting. They understand me. Now I can understand what they're saying. So just be thinking through that too. Great question. Okay, let's go on, Faith. Really, really good. People are resonating with those answers. Um, there's one question about humility by David Pennington. He says, how do you stay humble and not make what you do about you when you start getting noticed with your artwork and not start thinking with a big head? First of all, marry well. That's what I would tell you. Marry, marry well. Like uh, my wife is <laughs> like, there ain't no way on God's green earth that I could have an ego and be married to my wife. She would make sure in the most loving, like I'm not saying it's unloving, but it's just, she has helped me in the most massive way. Like, and I would say for a lot of you guys, like you're in friendships, just have those friendships where you can first trust the person who's talking to you. And when they say, Hey, that sounds a little bit more like you than it does like Jesus. Like you got to listen to them. You know, and the second thing I would say, so have good friendships. I, my marriage, that's, I, dude, my wife is like the bomb at this. <laughs> She's so loving and so merciful, but I wouldn't be an egomaniac without my wife. I guarantee, I'm just telling you straight up, I'm not trying to hide anything. I would be an egomaniac because I would make everything about me. And I think we're all kind of some, yeah. we have different degrees about that, but it's why we need people in our life. The second thing is, if you do the stuff we were talking about earlier, which is trying things and failing miserably, failure itself will allow you to be reminded that you don't know as much as you think. And so that's good. good. Like, it's so good to try something and get up there. I mean, I remember there's times I get on the stage, I'd be like, I'm gonna kill it, you know? And I get up there with my guitar or I'm painting something or I'm doing my thing. And I'm like, wow, and it's like, that was awful. That was terrible. <laughs> Everyone knows it was terrible. <laughs> that went nowhere. It was like so stinking bad. And we need those experiences where I walk off the platform and everyone's like, hey man, great job. I'm like, it, it's, we're, we're good. <laughs> Thank you so much. And it's good for me. Like I, I want those moments. Like I want to be reminded that again, that Copernicum revolution thing, I'm not the center of this thing. 
Like my giftedness, I'm not the greatest guitar player. I tell people all the time, I want to do stuff just good enough so people will listen, but just bad enough so that they're convinced they can do it too. That's the goal I'm reaching for. I want to be just good enough so that you're like, that was interesting, but just bad enough to where you're like, I can do that. And that for me is like, I want to foster that in my life, you know? And uh, those are the two things I would say, relationship and lots and lots of failure. <laughs> put, put yourself in loads of positions where you're going to fail. Do it. You want to try something? Try it. And yeah. then fail miserably and go like, that was awesome. <laughs> so good. That's so good. It's, it's so important to realize like, where's the inspiration? It comes from God. I mean, the, yeah. the reason why we're all right, we're talking right now is because of Colossians, we're, we're built together, we're made by God, and he's created us, all glory goes back to him for everything that we do, and the power of that is like, he, he is the creator, he's the creator of, of my thoughts, he's the creator of everything, and I get to co-create with him, and so I have to always make sure that he's, he's, he's there getting the glory with me. And I think it's, David, I think it's important for you and for a lot of people to know, like, um, when you, when you create and somebody says something good about what you create, it's not false humility to say, thank you. Like if, if you do something well, you're, you're giving them a chance to honor you by honoring God who created you to do that. So realize that there's a, there's a fine line between what like Jake is talking about and this other part of saying, oh, well, I can't take any credit. Um, I, I don't think that that's healthy. I don't think that that's scriptural. I think they put, uh, you know, Bezalel's name in scripture because he's the one that led the charge for that. And, and I think that God wanted us to be proud of, of who he was and his sacrifices that he made in the same way we as creators, um, are all on this journey together. We're, we're all doing this together and there's not going to be, um, an up or down, like what we've thought. It's basically where, hey, we're all doing this together. And I like what you said, Jake. Like, it's it's not it's not about me. It's about who I can who I can grab to help grow too. Yeah. When you have that attitude, let me tell you, that's God will promote you and He will bless you, because it really is. That's the kingdom. The kingdom is about reproducing, and and not glorifying just ourselves. So, yeah. Okay, this is so much fun. Do we have to stop? Um, <laughs> Oh my gosh. I, I love this guys. Thank you for all the questions. Uh, Faith, if you could answer any more questions, that would be great. Um, but I would love for you to give an impartation to everybody. And again, don't forget, sign up again for the creative conference, create without walls, uh, April the 23rd, 24th. But I love for you to give an impartation. Well, I told you guys last time, this is like, this is my blessing that I give. I got it from this on this podcast that blew my mind and it was this indigenous woman and the guy asked her the same thing hey can you close this with a blessing anything you want to share at the end and this is the bless i've been sharing i've been literally doing it everywhere i go anywhere i am i'm just this is the blessing so just receive this i'll say it slow the first time and then i'll say it again this says, you are the strength of your ancestors there are many things within your lineage that attempted to obliterate all forms of goodness, but you are the living proof that it did not work. 
So you are the strength, you are the evidence of the strength of your ancestors. There are many things within your lineage that attempted to obliterate all forms of goodness, but you are the living proof that it did not work. And I bless you with that. And I want you to know that there is a lineage behind you. There are family, there are spiritual families standing with you who have succeeded and failed, who are cheering you on. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going in your walk with the Lord. Keep going in your family. Keep going with your kids. Keep going with your art. Just don't quit. Don't give up. And on the hard days, just admit that they're hard and keep moving forward. I just bless you guys. Ooh, that was so good. Did you feel that? I could feel there's <laughs> something going on in the background. My goodness, Jake, thank you so much for joining. If you love this too, again, Jake will be at our creative conference coming up too in April. Blessings upon you and your whole family. Thanks thank you. guys for joining. See you next time. Blessings. Bye.